crack now. Crack now. Crack, crack now right. rather than later. All right. Pre-crack the four of them. <laughs> Budweiser, nothing but the finest for, for you people. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, isn't this like the kings? Like, they didn't do that yeah, stupid thing right. for the crown. It's really clever marketing. They, they flip the cap. Yeah. The crown. We were, we were all out of rolling rocks, so I, I had to give you the buds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, in case listeners, we had a little potluck because our friend Philip is visiting from Toronto for the first time in what, like two, two years? Two years. Right? Yeah, two years and a few months. Yeah. And so, it's funny because I realized the last pot I was on, I was like talking shit about New York. <laughs> and now here I am crawling back to the Big Apple. <laughs> The thing, funny thing is, so Phillips, uh, he's he's been staying with me, and then the reason we have these beers is uh, last night we had a potluck, which uh, Tina and John, who's right here right now, were at as well, and and we got some beers for the party. But anyway, so Philip steps in through the door, and then we realized it's been like two years since we've seen each other face to face. Yet with so many, with so many, uh, especially with like Plan A friends, because we talk so much. Even if not on the pod, uh, you know, through like text and yeah, chat on rooms. on a daily basis, basically, right? So like, like, yeah. Didn't I just hang out with you last week? And, I, is, I mean, and that's the same feeling I get when like I see you guys too. Like when we um, when we went to Copac, or I think that was the first time we'd seen each other in quite a bit. I was like, I think we just hang out with each other <laughs> yesterday. So I don't it know. It was continuous. About that. Yeah. I, I did make a comment when I came through the door that you are, I've, I've now reconfirmed that you're a bag of flesh and not just a bunch of text on my <laughs> signal yeah. chat. So. It makes it, I think it makes a difference to be there in person. I haven't done one of these in-person pods in a long time since yeah. your, your previous, previous apartment or something like that. So Yeah, I, I totally forgot how to use my Zoom recorder to do in-person <laughs> pods. I had to teach myself again in the last half an hour. So very glad to do it. I think this, yeah, this is the first in-person pod since I think January 2020. So very happy to do it with you people. Yeah, so why don't we get started on this episode? Uh, welcome to Escape from Plan A. I'm your host Chris. He, as I said, here with Teen Jong and Philip. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? Hey. All right, this episode uh, we're going to just chat about. We were actually just discussing how to formulate this into one sentence. I think the best way you can think of it is like evolution of Asian American male thought. So. Get your hazmat suits on. It's gonna get real toxic in here. <laughs> but I, I think we can start off with just like how how much we've changed since we started Plan A. And I think periodically we we do these type of episodes just to be like, what's the state of us and Asian America and even the world? So um, anybody just want to offer a thought to get started, or should I get the ball rolling? I, I can I can pose a question. I don't know if you guys want to run with this, but I've noticed since we started doing the pod many years ago till now, I don't think, I think it's become more clear that there is an us versus them, not Asian male, Asian female. I don't think that's what it is at all, but there is a, some kind of dividing line as to people who like get are sort of aligned with, or we are aligned with them or they're aligned with how we think. Not necessarily because they know us or anything, but just because there is like some division out there between us versus them like people who get 
people who we agree with versus pe people who we disagree with. But I found that it's not so easy to articulate what that is, even though we know it. What it you know? Do, no, does no, that make I, sense? I know what you're talking about. And I think yeah. the early on, the instinct is to think this is purely gender based, right? Yeah, right. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why. And then, I mean, we can. I don't know how detailed we want to get in our experience, but <laughs> we've realized that's really not the case. Um, but I, I think it's not necessarily dumb because it is very instinctive. Um, but you think, oh, this is just men versus women. Yeah. But really not not the case. And and the, once you realize that, I think that's when you can. There's always usually this high talk about we need like Asian and, and male and female like understanding and, and working together. But until you truly understand what that exactly is, because it's not just about dating, even right. though initially so, you might think it is. So what is it? Like, what is it that, what is it, what issue or what perspective is the dividing line between the us versus them? Does it come down to assimilation? Like, does, we have a, we take a different path to assimilation, like based on, like divided on gender lines. And so there's conflict that comes from that. I don't know. It's plausible. Maybe. Yeah, it's plausible. I mean, that sounds like it's getting closer to what it is than, than gender. Right? Yeah, like, definitely. That's, that's, yeah. But I don't know if that's necessary. I was saying, based on your gender, you have a different path to assimilation. You have different incentives. You have different, you know, barriers, right? Uh -huh. And so that, that, that forces different behavior and conflict between right. the two genders is what I'm positing. Maybe I don't know if it's true or not, but... We used to also think it was class. Like, class was a big part of it as well, right? Well, that, that, but, I think that is a discovery you make along the way. It's not yeah. the first thing. Because I think, generally speaking, most people grow up with uh, within the same class. So unless you, for uh, for instance, <laughs> like, some, like OC upbringing where you happen to be like the poor kid who goes to a rich kid school. Like, you know, yeah. your sense of class is very relative. So if you, you think whatever's around you is normal, whether you're right. like rich or poor, and maybe at some point you um, experience that. But then I also think because race is so much more like just obvious on its face, yeah. both literally and figuratively, a lot of things that are actually class issues, you blame on race. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think, Philip, when you talk about... Or gender. Right, right. Mm -hmm. When you talk about this assimilation thing, I think, I think what I've realized is... I think the dividing line is there, there's this status quo Asian-American culture, and there are some who feel like they are part of that club. And it can be male or female. And sometimes it could be gender skewed because you're right there for men and women, for Asian Americans, there are like different ways to get in. I think the ways to get in if you're an Asian American woman into this kind of like mainstream, liberal-ish, you know, they're kind of like white liberal culture and all the minorities who fit into that. Uh, I think there are just more pathways into it if you're, if you're a woman. But there are definitely ways into it if you're a man. I mean, you, that's why Jeff Yang exists. <laughs> but, and, and Rise, soon perhaps for us to review. But I, I think that is... Uh, at least for me. Well, let me ask you about Jeff okay. Yang. Like, he's pretty universally reviled by the people, uh, by a certain set of people who I tend to side with. And I kind of revile the guy in his own right. But why? Like, I still don't fully, I can't easily articulate what it is about Jeff Yang and his type um, that I instinctively just, just don't like. Uh, what is it? Well, I, you, it's like I know it when I see it, but I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> yeah, recently I I was in this subreddit. It's totally non-Asian related, and the poster might have been Asian himself or herself. Uh, but it got a lot of upvotes. So, I, and I'm sure they weren't all Asian. And, and this and this thread had to do something with with Rise that book. And somebody was like, 
this guy um he's just he has like the absolute worst takes out of any of these like blue check asian americans never says anything interesting and i i think that's kind of why people don't like him it's just so predictable and it just he seems spineless remember i will never ever like forgive him for what he said remember when that uh, dr dow or that guy was on the airplane yeah. Yeah. yeah and the first thing he said was like uh remember you asian americans this is what black and brown people go through every day i'm like fuck off you know it's just right. why do yeah. you have to bring that up who are who, like you know, dance monkey dance you know it's just I, I think it has to do with uh, there's two things two questions i guess um i don't know if they're questions but thoughts um one i think there might be some correlation to somebody's comfort level with uh conflict and then um kind of related to that how much somebody wants to be accepted by main like how comfortable they are having mainstream acceptance no, I think that that comes down to it. There are some Asian Americans who are really, really uh, committed to that. Yeah. And they are seen as our, our representatives and leaders in culture. You mean, not to, that, you mean to like being a house chink? Is that what you mean? Like like that. Not following. that these people have any actual real power, but relative to the other Asian Americans, they are way more visible and have yeah. some influence. They're like the go-to people for like, you know, Asian American Pacific Islander, whatever they call it nowadays uh, in May. So... I think that's what we define as Asian American culture. And it's whether you are for that or against it, I think that's kind of the dividing line. I think, I mean, there's also an aspect, you kind of raised it, where Jeff Yang purports to speak for everybody in the way, I mean, just from his visibility, for one thing, right? Uh-huh. And I think that, like, even if you agree with him, it's you can just say that, like, by pretending to be some kind of leader, self-elected, self-appointed, that's annoying on its own. I don't think that's the only reason why people don't like him, but I think that's part of it. Like a class president but, thing, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but what, what I'm trying well, to class president actually voted in, though. <laughs> oh, that's that's true. That's <laughs> yeah, true. but also nobody person. runs for class president. Like <laughs> yeah. nobody actually cares. Like like in Rise, like I was flipping. Through, I have a, a copy here from the library. Yeah. Uh, you guys can check it out. Is it iPad. mostly like a graphic novel type? But some of it is, and it's mostly es- it's actually mostly written essays. Oh, okay. Anyways, he like he like includes his son's like show oh, yeah, being yeah. canceled mm-hmm. on the list of like tragedies of what? Asian American media. On the first page, yeah, right, yeah, and it's like just six like seasons. It's just self-masturbatory, <laughs> and you just like when you look at that, and if you know that, you may not know that about Jeff Yan, but if you know that and like his son and shit, you okay, like, so he's a little self-important. He's a little yeah. like he's a star fucker or whatever. But I feel like it. There's so, still something more obviously binary be, that makes it easy to tell who's full of shit from our perspective, or from, you know, and and I'm trying like, is there a di- is it is it simply like Jeff Yang sort of like shades into being a narcissist or whatever, uh, or these people? It's a, it's not just Jeff Yang, obviously, but it's it's all the people who engage in uh, who tend to post like montage or, or or collage images of like Asian American celebrities, you know, like yeah. which is the cover of Rise. Yeah, and I see this all the time. You know, like someone is like, oh, uh, someone writes an article about. You know, Asian Americans are not going to take this uh, sitting down. But then there's like the article preview in like Twitter, or whatever, is a montage of Sunisa Lee, Michelle Kwan, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, Randall, whatever. Uh, and I just know I'm like shit. <laughs> yeah. But so is it? Is it just like? Is there? The question I have is: is is it a sliding scale beyond a certain point where I'm like, ugh. Or is there something more binary where you can just tell there's like a personality type or a type that you immediately know, like, uh, this person is um, full of shit, you know, like, is there a deeper personality conflict here? 
Hmm. Or, or is it, it, or is it, just, it, a gut or is it just a whole bunch of stuff and I kind of know it when I see it? Yeah. That, that's the question I have because I think since we've started, again, going back to my original question is like there clearly is this seemingly bright line of an us versus them. And maybe, maybe it's class. I don't know. Maybe it's class attitudes or whatever it is. But I don't think it's class. I don't think whatever, so, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. But, it, but there is – I mean, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like there is this sort of like binary thing going on. It's not there isn't like a lot of people in the middle where I'm like okay they're okay sometimes and not cool. the people that are in the middle just aren't involved at all. Like the like the you know they'll say like oh I don't have an opinion I never think about it mm. or I've never thought about it before somehow they've never thought about it before. But even then I get a sense like do you know what I mean? Like even if they're like I've never thought about it before I still can get a sense sometimes of like or or or, or I approach people like, are they going to fall on this side or that side? But the fucked yeah. up part is, I don't even know what that means. I just know that I see sense that there is there's a side. Oh, but you're sensing, sides. but you're sensing that there's two sides, not yes. a continuum. So Bina- it's, it's not it's not a continuum. It's a binary. Do you think it's like a so. like a pessimism or optimism? You know, because I, I don't know. I, think, I honestly I, don't know. Because like mm-hmm. one one thing that I think is a common thread amongst people. I don't even. Yeah, again, I don't know what side, like the Jeff Yang types. I suppose is that. They're one way to maybe look at it is like they're a half glass full kind of people where they're always saying like things have gotten better and things will definitely get better. Whereas maybe people on the other side of the line are like, no, shit's fucked up and it's not necessarily going to get better. I don't think that's I think the reason that we have a revulsion to someone like that um, using like Asian American celebrities as some kind of example is that. I don't think it's their uh, optimism we hate. It's their cynicism. It's them trying to quell the legitimate anger of, like the like the median Asian American, yeah. by presenting these uh, basically fantasy images, whether it's a TV show or a book or or movie, to protect their own position. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And the reason I say I don't think it's class is because um, I think there's a link. Like, if there were if it were class, then a lot of these like blue check types who are like you know, college educated. I think they come mostly from good backgrounds. They might try to cosplay as like like struggles or whatever. But it's all it. If they are, they're they're broke. They're not poor. You know that yeah. that whole. Right? I think I, class I, is also so poorly defined. It becomes tautological. So it's yeah, exactly. Really, it doesn't really help. By that logic, so. they we should be in the same interest group versus right. like say the kind of like poorer Asians. Yeah, it's not town. it's not about class. It's about caring about class, right? Uh, yeah. You, but or, or, or like, are you, you know, class attitudes or something like that. But yeah, 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 just, yeah, yeah. It's like you could say that, but then you're just expanding the definition of what class attitudes means. And yeah. you're shifting. Right. You're, you can always change goalposts when you say yeah. it's class. So if, if you're defining it solely by income level. That's not it. Exactly. It's <laughs> yeah, not it. Because then uh, not the it. we and, the, and the, like most of the blue checks should be on the same side. We should have the same mindset, but not, no. Especially if you look at, say, the, all the like violence against Asian stuff, I think we are more in common with like the, the working class Asians. Uh-huh. But 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 those, you know, blue check Asians, we were going to put them on that side. They would purport to care about poor Asians. They would say they would definitely. care, right? They're definitely yeah. not going to say they don't care. They, right? they don't care, yeah. but, but, again, but their actions speak otherwise, right? Right, they, 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 they'd say it, uh, but what they really mean by the poor is probably this kind of uh, very vague uh, white leftist idea of the poor. They'll, they'll say things like, we should be for, I don't know, something like universal health care, which uh, we all... Uh, or or Medicare for all, whatever. But when it comes down to it, they really ask, like the w- working class Asians, what do you want? On on two of the most key issues that they care about, which is like testing, like school admissions, whether mm-hmm. at like the like high school or college level, and personal safety, they will butt heads against them. So 
when you say you care about the working class, what do you exactly mean? That's right. That's, that's Basically, what I mean just means by aping. They're like the DSA white people they suck up to, or Democrats. Whatever, how, however left they lean, it varies. I, I mean, I, I would say uh, that when we went into this, that we had like certain um, predictions. Like, remember when we were first like planning this out, and we were like, okay, with Trump coming in you well you're talking about plan a not this episode plan a okay plan a, right. sorry and this is like you know 2017 right yeah mm -hmm. and trump had been inaugurated and stuff and we were talking about like how uh asian people in america uh have sort of like um like pretty bland political beliefs and uh usually mainstream democrat yeah without, you know and then maybe a couple pet issues like or whatever but that that sort of centrist ideal was uh, falling apart because we we're going to see a lot of um, uh, polarization in the U.S. Now we have like we, we're in the post-Trump phase, and now the sort of like mainstream liberals are back in power. Mm -hmm. So it could be easy to say like, oh, that was just a temporary thing, and now we're in a new phase where cent centrism is back in. But I don't think that's actually the case because I think what we used to call centrists like are pretty extreme like if you look at like what's going on now like liberals are not moderates they like push for war <laughs> you know they're yeah. pretty extreme in their own right and i don't think that we're going to return to like i guess what i'm saying is our original feeling about like the 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 standard asian american uh like sort of centrist bland political identity of like look every it's like a very 90s identity where it's a very like end of history identity where we all kind of saw the writing on the wall we're all slowly going to become like these white adjacent liberal people and look it, it may involve some discomfort but we will eventually learn to like it uh, -huh. uh we were going against that i think we were saying like no that's that that era is done like we're that's over and i think that was correct that's over in that the opposite is happening or that's over in that like all bets are off and like Asian votes are up for grabs. I don't. It's not really your... about votes per se. Like I don't. I'm not, I don't really give a shit about votes. But it's more um, that we don't have a clear answer as to what the correct, uh, like what the correct political affiliation is anymore. And I, I always thought from the beginning that this was a, really about your political identity, not so much gender or even race. Mm -hmm. But it's really about like what Asian people what like what agendas were we supposed to support who are we going to align with especially outside of asian groups like who did we think were good alliances to make yeah like, do you trust white leftists do you trust like you know do you trust uh, people who do you trust like black activists do you trust you know like you know what i'm saying and i i don't know the answer to that but i do think i get a little bit I feel a little bit of revulsion when I see Asian people who appear to be, have their mentality still stuck in that sort of Clinton 90s era. Yeah. And they can't let it go and they don't understand like the in where we are now. By that do you mean there are say three prepackaged political identities or so and as an Asian American you choose one of them is that what you're talking about? 
What are the three? Well, I don't know. There might be like standard liberal, uh, standard conservative, and maybe a third. I don't know what it is, but mm. uh, I mean, you talk about political affiliation. I think that is one of the biggest changes that have occurred since kind of like since the Trump election, because I mean, personally attesting before that, it really felt like, yeah, Asian Americans, we fit in somewhat well, not perfectly well, but we're, we're part of this like Democratic Obama coalition. We may be one of the junior members, but we were in there. And I think a lot of frustration came because ever deviating from it meant, oh, you, you are one of these like gross conservatives. I think the mainstream blue thing was like, it was like a blue chip stock. It may not go up all the time for you, but it, it was like very ingrained in us that like you just hold it. Right? Yeah. Like you just invest in it. So Vanguard S and P five hundred. It's an S and P five hundred. Like you're going no matter what. Like this is going to pay off dividends for you. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, don't think too much it's about safe. it. Just yeah, like set it and forget it. Yeah. And I feel like that was the nineties. That was the end of history. And now I think uh, when I, I still feel like that habit is uh, still ingrained in a lot of Asian people, even though you know that that's no longer true. Um, that fucking stock got delisted, you know? I don't know, if they know. <laughs> so, but what, I guess what I'm saying now is like, okay, like I see certain issues that really set me off. Like one uh -huh. of them is affirmative action. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I see Asian people, particularly one that have, uh, a legitimized voice, like they're, uh, in academia or whatever, and they constantly just refuse to s state the clear interest of Asian students, of Asian kids. You're being discriminated against. Like, that's not even... JCK has said this. Jonathan Chait has said this. There's no question about that. Like, if you followed closely the uh, Harvard lawsuit, that wasn't factually in dispute. It, right. it was clear that Asian kids were being discriminated against. Mm -hmm. The question was, was it legal? And you hear from people like Janelle Wong or whatever, that, or, or you know, whoever is writing about this, and they're just constantly saying, no, it's again, it's Asian people are uh, being anti-black. Right. right. And I think that that is a holdover from that 90s era of just like, look, don't question it. Like, this is part of the agenda. Affirmative action is a liberal, progressive policy. And as Asian people, we are liberal, progressive people. So therefore, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, oh, were you going to say more? No. I, okay. Good. And, and then when we all felt like we were all in the same group, I think more of us accepted that, okay, there are some, like, say, short term, like, damage we take you know number of us who get to go into these schools but in the long term because we're all part of the same project we are we're all going to win together as we find out um you know like say democrats or white liberals are, are full of shit and now it's more clear than ever the reason why if you're like a janelle wong type you're doing this is not for the betterment of the group it's for the betterment of yourself you want to protect yes. your position you are one of the few chosen asians who are who is part of this like liberal diverse project and you're trying to hoodwink us. You're trying to tell us uh, either we're racist for simply looking out for our interests or, hey, hey, look over there. We, we got this TV show or we, we something. That, that's why like the celebrity stuff is, is losing its value. And I think we can talk about that a bit later because, uh, you know, media rep is usually one of like the entry points. And I think it's just every, every, with every passing week, I think it's, it's just becoming less and less important. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. I just sense a, a lot of denial is what I'm sensing. But by whom? Uh, by people that are still stuck in the in the 
kind of the legacy yeah. democratic model. I th- that's I'm why I say it's like opposite. Like you know, like they want to believe that that's still going to happen because it's in their interest. I think so because it helps them. It'd be great if Asians would simply shut the fuck up and let them um, exist. Dictate dictate our history, basically. Mm-hmm. Like dictate our history, dictate our our culture. Like basically get to get to be this you know this the spokesperson. Well, cause this I'm is sh- the, this is the same thing with what I said earlier about Jeff Yang, right? Being like self elected spokesperson, or in the case of these academics, right? Like they they got to that position and they don't want anyone else coming up. I don't know that. if it's just that. I don't think it's. I mean, I'm, I'm sure self interest plays a role, but I I don't know. I I think it's just like um, it's a hope. It's just a hope that like everything can magically become perfect and. You know, kumbaya and everything, and but like, kumbaya for it, whom? That's what I'm saying. Well, theoretically, for everybody, right? But I think they're interested in, in kumbaya for them and their circles, both socially and professionally, because it will be mighty inconvenient and and very like. And I think these people are very conflict averse, unless they're talking down to Asians. Yeah, like they don't want to get into any like uh, tug of war in their like little coalition groups. Right. So if if Asians are getting too loud about, say, affirmative action or or policing or any of these issues that don't march lockstep within their like political, they don't want to be put under the the exactly the and scope. So they want to believe their hope is, as I said, Asians will shut the fuck up so things go easier for them. And then I guess they conflate that hope with their self interest and and that's I think that's another reason why a lot of people hate these types of people. And it's not just Asian Americans, a lot of minorities and even white people hate these types of people where they think what's good for me is really good for the group because I'm yeah. your I'm you. I, I'm 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 like the embodiment of the community. So what's good for me is good for you. Or do they just not realize that other people will have different interests and they just they just assume that everyone's gonna um, I think that's hard to tell, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also this aspect of them not just thinking I'm you but I'm you but I'm also better educated. Well, that, and that I have too. a, that I have a degree, yeah. you know, through, I'm, yeah. I'm a, a I, I deserve to be an authority uh-huh. on this, right? Which is like, okay. So a sense of superiority. I think there's that too, right? Um, especially when speaking down on, you know, often 1G Asians, right? Yeah. Often. Uh, I think that's part of it is, is uh, and maybe that's where class comes into it a little bit, um, is I do sense that. It's not necessarily class division, but when there is a division, it gets enforced through class uh, to say that, you know, there is a class of Asian Americans that are um, appropriately authoritative by nature of their education or their Mm -hmm. standing or their um, their employment status. Like Mm -hmm. I work for The New York Times. So what I say matters more than what you paper of record, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And also I'm Asian. So you're no more credible than me. You being like that, not you know, the outside Asian. Right. I'm Asian. You're Asian. I can, you know, and I hear a lot of people saying like, oh, as an Asian, as an Asian woman, as an Asian man. And I'm like, that always seems, I don't like it when people say that because I'm like, you're purporting to speak for uh, me personally uh, by nature of you being Asian. And um, I don't, if I don't agree with you, and they're, they're the same ones who say we are not a monolith, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, but we are a monolith when they talk. All right, when they talk, yeah. they can choose when that that applies yeah. or not. So I think that's all very frustrating. Yeah, or it's always an East Asian saying like, you know, it's always East Asians talking. <laughs> you know, I'm like, right? But well, who are you? You know, it's always a straight cishet East Asian says Jeff Yang, right? <laughs> you know? Or 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 Janelle. I don't know if she's straight yeah. or not, but you know, yeah. you know the type. The, yeah. the people who. 
He's like, but that's you. That's and- you. <laughs> you are doing so the thing. Yeah. Everyone except me yeah. uh, is, you should not listen to, but yeah. I'm, I'm the exception. You know? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, every, every, it's not like every single spectrum of, of a viewpoint can be represented, but these people often so go against the actual interest of the community. And it, it'd be, okay, let's say one of these people purports to speak for the community and they represent, like, say, 70%. Yeah, 30% will feel excluded uh so that their conversation to be had but i think these are actually quite the minority and for various reasons they've been handpicked to speak for the group which is why there's such a bigger conflict than simply this person doesn't represent every single viewpoint which is impossible in the first place but they're actually representing a minority viewpoint and precisely because mm. they don't represent the majority viewpoint now, now that we talk about it, i think maybe i'm getting closer to what i think the binary threshold the binary dividing line is for me and i think maybe a first pass at articulating it is there are asian people in and it's all in america right it's asian americans which I, i'm trying to get away from that term uh there's too many connotations to appreciate it, it. asian people asian. in america okay you're trying to get away from asian american yeah term? because okay. i think there's just too much it just brings up too many Connotations. Yeah. You should try okay. American Asian. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the more literal, the more literal situation is Asian people in America. Okay. Right. Um, that when I, I sense that there are Asians who are really curious about what other Asian people think mm-hmm. and what they're about, mm-hmm. what their life experiences are, and to kind of get, like, care about that. Yeah. Know about that. And then there are others who, really don't want to hear it and they're just like look we're we're americans now right like you got and that's the assimilation part mm-hmm. um but it's this sort of like um mind wipe assimilation where you're supposed to like just forget all this other shit forget your own lineage your you erase your own family history you cut it off and then you replace it with this generic asian american history thing right that may or may not have anything to do with me i mean i'm not against knowing about this stuff but I'm not defined by this. Yeah. Right? The, 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 the experiences of Asian people in the 60s or whatever doesn't really... It's not really part of my family history. Not like I don't care about this, but I'm not going to put activists from the 60s uh, on my... Uh, and like put a graphic poster of them on my wall or these Asian celebrities in America and put them on my wall and say somehow this is now my history. And I think most Asian people are not like that. They, they, they care more about their direct family history. Uh, they still care about their ties to their homeland because we're only one, at most, one or two generations removed from right. it. And I sense, personally, when people care more about their own personal history and that of other Asian people versus trying this one-size-fits-all Asian-American canon thing that we're trying to force on people... Uh, that's the dividing line for me because I think we're being given uh, a prepackaged political identity or racial identity or personal identity. It's, a, it's almost a personal identity. I find that very disturbing. Okay, so the yeah, li- I think I think I understand what you're saying. It is. I think there's a project going on where they are trying to create, and when I say they, I mean what we consider our repre- like Asian American like elite cultural representatives. They're trying to create this Asian American culture, and right. um, okay, let's let's bring in like say um, like WMAF versus AMWF type of stuff 
into this. I, th- I think what really bothers, like say Asian guys about that is not necessarily just the relationship in of in and of itself that it exists. Because for most people, unless, uh, most guys, unless you actually want that woman yourself, what the hell is it to you, right? right. I think what does bother us, especially me, uh, at least just talking about me, is that you are trying to redefine Asian American culture saying that basically like white men have equal or more standing as Asian men. And this is the new Asian American culture you're trying to now cobble together with like say these like, uh, you know, they're like very shallow um, convocations of like Yuri Kochiyama or or whatever figures from, from that kind of past that there is this project going on and you are actually excluding a lot of Asian Americans out of it. And, and, and from a guy's perspective, it really feels like you're trying to exclude Asian American guys out of it. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I think guys were pissed off about. Not exactly but, just but the, the relationship the, But itself. you're saying that the guys then want to be a part of this project. It's not that we want to be a part of this project, but it's like, but obviously we're excluded from this project. And if you're going to ref- define Asian American culture without us then hell yeah we're gonna fight back because this is for a lot of us this is, this is all we got it's, uh, it's not that they want to be part of the culture necessarily some of them do it's that they don't want to be derided in the process of it or, or right. it's like why are we being excluded yeah. from our own supposed what do you mean culture? by we're being excluded though i mean i i think i know what you mean but like what what's an example like of ex- building a club without yeah, us? like let's say let's say there's like like some movie or or book or tv show that's like the Asian American experience, but there's like no Asian men in it, and that is okay. That that's like a problem because if we're yeah. the other way around, I'm sure women. The is Asian that women still a problem? Be, I mean, what, what do you mean? Is that still happening a lot? Where we see a lot of Asian American quote Asian American media projects, let's say cultural defining media projects, where there's no Asian men. I think I, that's changing. I, I think that's probably changing. I mean, I, I, I can speak mostly to like say literature because you know okay. I, I tend to read. read well, a lot let's of those let's say for let's 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 stipulate that it's changing and that we see a lot more Asian man, men in these projects, which I feel like we do. But I, it doesn't make me feel any better about it because I'm like, but these projects are still kind of shitty. Yeah, that was like the whole rep, media representation thing. Yeah. We got the representation. We're like, okay, it still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Still does nothing for me. Yeah. Because... But I, yeah. But I think what it is... I, Chris, I think what you're talking about is like... I mean, you may not care, but somebody talks shit and all of a sudden you start to listen. And you're like, hold on. Why did you drag me into this? Mm-hmm. Right? That's, what I, that's what I mean by, by being derided. Like the yeah. thing I would correct with what you said is that I don't think Asian guys are necessarily pissed about white men being held to a higher esteem. I think Asian guys get pissed off. And this is my personal view on this too when Asian guys are held to a lower esteem, right? Shit like, oh, that, Asian men are kind of the same thing. inherently... No, 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 no. Like, it, it, I'm specifically talking about when they deride Asian men, when they say all Asian men are patriarchal, right? Things like that, that, that really piss you off. Like, I think that's what drags, uh, brings an antagonism. But okay, but let's say they say, like, all oh, white men are just more tolerant. I mean, it's not just the same thing. No, I think they're different. I think they're different things. It, it's saying nothing about white guys and saying Asian guys are going to beat you because that's what you know Confucianism taught them, like that kind of shit, right? It's specifically targeting Asian men. I, I mean, I, I think they're pretty much the same, though. Okay, so you know, roughly right. speaking, you're putting so some group above the other. If there's two people struggling in the water and you give like a life vest or like one of those little floaty things to one person, 
that's that's like one way to like uplift somebody okay like say something about positive versus somebody coming and then sticking your head under the water but okay but like if, which if one you, are you gonna be more i mean i i get it like you you're gonna drown either way i guess yeah but still like the the second example is more of a f- direct fuck you what but in the end like, fuck the, the, you the in particular one, the guy who drowns was purposely chosen to be killed Either way. Yeah. I mean, they're both like, maybe it's like a sh- few shades degree better, but in the end, you're still dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get what you're saying there. Um, All right. I would just, I, I still would be more upset if somebody came to, to you know, yeah. like who knows, maybe I can but still make it still some, one way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, to put it in like, you know, dating app terms, it's the difference between like um, just not swiping right on Asian guys and uh, explicitly saying in your profile, no yeah. Asian guys. Like they went out of their way. Like they go out of their way to like deride you. That's yeah, right. what I mean, right? Okay. That's I think that's frustrating. All right. Well, well, pulling it back a bit from like directly dating, I, th- I think from our experience, one thing we've learned from planning is that some of the people who really get it, talk, talking about women, it really doesn't matter who they're with. And on the other hand, there are like women who are with like Asian men and who really don't get it. it that is not a very reliable test. No, not at and all. And I, I think... When you when you're kind of like early, in the early stages, you think that is that is like the, the a test for what though? Just like whether they get you where you're coming from, and it's it's just it's not the most reliable. I mean, so maybe sometimes it is, but there are many other factors that come like in. I'm still at a loss. I mean, that that was my original question. I'm still at a loss as to what that means. Where 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 are we coming from? Where am I coming from? Like what what is the thing that I get upset about if if this person doesn't. If this other Asian person doesn't get it, yeah, I mean, you you talked about how the violent could be that how interested you are in what Asian Americans actually think, and I think that's one branch of the of the larger thing is is just like how much are you really willing to fight for Asian Americans? Are you are you are, do you just say that because? But see, I, but but there are some Asian Americans I just as I, I just as soon as would would personally hold their head underwater. <laughs> because I want them to shut the fuck up, right? So I'm not, I'm not going to fight for them. No, no, no. You know? I, I don't mean like every single Asian American, but just kind of like as a group, mm-hmm. if there is ever, I think the kind of litmus test in my head is if there's ever an issue that comes up that will make you unpopular in the eyes of non-Asian Americans in order to stand up for the interests of the majority of Asian Americans, what are you going to do? And if your answer is all... I think Jeff Yang believes he's doing that. And I feel like a lot of blue checks... Asian blue checks think honestly that they're doing that. Yeah. And they could probably make an argument that they are doing that. Um, it's just that we're not, we're not up to speed with what they're saying. Right. And this, this might be just a matter of like difference in terms of what they think the right answer is. Okay. But I don't necessarily think it's just a difference of like, Oh, I've assessed the situation. I have a, one solution for it. And they have, a, they've assessed the situation. They have a different solution for it. So let's hash it out. I'm not even sure that's it, you know? Uh, but, but let me ask you then, when have those types ever stood up for an issue that made them less popular in the eyes of Asian Americans but made them more popular in the eyes of Asian Americans? Wait, what? When have those types ever uh, taken a stand like on a an controversial issue stance. that cost them some kind of like social standing in the eyes of non-Asian Americans? Oh, oh, oh. And, but rose their esteem in the eyes of Asian Americans. I think I think like a I I think there are probably instances where like uh you know like uh, Phil Yu or one of those guys has done that. Um 
they could probably point to examples of that. Cultural yeah. appropriation shit, right? They tear there down a, a white chef yeah. and they like, you know, bump up some Asian chef or Asian, you know, traditional cooking or whatever it might be in opposition. Yeah, that kind of thing. Or, but it's or, easy. Like that shit is easy. Or right? calling That's, out Scarlet. But, 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 yeah, Scarlet Scarlet no, but, but yeah. a lot of non-Asians will join Yellow them face. in on that, right? Yeah, but a lot of people will call them trifling and, you know, stupid for doing it. Um, but but the people who say that are the people who support they don't want anyway. They're not in their. It, it's kind of like when white uh, liberals like trash uh, Trump supporting white people. It's like they don't want those people support anyway. It's like when I'm talking about like their actual friends and, and people whose opinions they care about. But the thing is, there are times when I, I don't think it's totally illegitimate to be like we got to we, we do have to get along with like whites and black people. And, you know, like there, there are things that you, you know, there are. Um, you know, those things do matter. I just don't like their approach to them. But I don't know. I'm, st- I'm trying to dig deeper into, like, what's the fundamental personality conflict here? Because I don't think it's about politics so much as, like, there's certain personalities that I just don't like. Yeah. I mean, a lot of politics and really is just an pers- expansion of personality. personality right? Psycho- psychology. Yeah, yeah. Politics is just the respectable intellectual dressing. Isn't it, just, isn't it just wanting to be accepted by the majority? No, I mean, I want that too. You know, it's oh. not like I want to be a pariah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't? <laughs> no. You don't, you don't revel in it? Being a pariah? Yeah, why don't we do this no. podcast? Because you revel in being a pariah? No. No, no. I mean, pariah would be like that. I, I feel like I've made more connections with people. Okay. That's uh, true. Than I have, than if I had just, you know, stayed silent or what, okay. know, whatever. Okay. Um, no, I don't enjoy being a pariah. Nobody does. Okay. Um, but I, I guess for me, I can only speak for myself, but like, I just don't like, there's just a lameness to this personality. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just, just a lameness. I don't yeah. know what else to say. I think it's yeah. lame. I think that they are too invested in an Asian American cultural project. As Chris puts it, I agree with that. It's not even the nature of that project that bugs me, but it's the fact that they're undertaking this project and they think that they have... Um, authority and skill to do it. Is it like a class pet type of, you know, you know, like in like high school, there's always like some person that wants everyone to do things the way that they think is the right way to do it. And it's like I mean, it could control- be part of that, but I think it, it could be that personality. Uh-huh. Um, but if that personality did it in a way that made sense to me, yeah. then I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. But I, I just think it's like, it's a lot of like, it's just a lame personality with people who I just don't think, I just don't think they think very deeply and they, they short shrift like Asian people or people in general. Uh, and they don't, I just feel like, I don't know how else to articulate this other than it's just very self-interested, right? It's like, you know, Jeff Yang, they're just lame. They just, they just don't see people like they're not serious fucking people. They're right. not serious. Like they're they 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 just want some sort of like cute little pithy way to talk about Asian people, and they like little stupid memes, and they like they like cheap laughter. Right, uh, but but if they were just lame, we we would feel sorry for them, right? We wouldn't actually like us getting angry at them is, is actually elevating to a position of power, which I think was they actually had. I think for mm-hmm. I don't know maybe a generation or so. But I think one of the reasons there is this like evolution of of us and others is that I think they have been losing a lot of just influence in the last few years. Partial, uh, I think one of the big things that we alluded to it before is that nowadays 
like back in the day, if you didn't identify as like kind of like an Obama-style Democrat, it meant you were like a Romney, McCain conservative, or maybe you were as a kooky libertarians or whatever. Nowadays, it's much more socially acceptable to just be like, I, I'm kind of all over the place. And that's much more okay now. So then that frees you from having to give a damn about any, what any of these people say. And I think the whatever residual anger we feel at these people is that they are holding on to whatever like legacy influence they have. And I think as years go on, it's just gonna, we're just gonna more like laugh at them more than get angry at them, which we used, we used to get more angry because they did used to control a lot of the few, um, you know, kind of like choke points of our, it's like Asian America's like interaction with, with the rest of America. But now I don't, I don't think they have that much power anymore. I think, I think the thing that motivated me in the beginning to slightly, like, well, we should do something is because I feel like as a, uh, slightly in the older uh, part of the spectrum of Asian people go online. I felt like I had, could not look up, meaning that there were not older Asian people in America who could give me advice. Yeah. George okay. Takei. Huh? George, like, George Takei. Like, what? A, I mean, seriously, like, George Takei is a disgrace. I mean, talk about a guy for whom the internment fully, like, Input, like it worked. Isn't okay. he also a yeah. sexual predator? Like I, I don't know what, what? happened. I heard about that. that. Yeah, that that kind of. I don't really uh, care about that so much because I, that's 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 for the police. Okay, but like, <laughs> like, like his stuff advocating uh, for, uh, you know the 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 the, you know calling into question the loyalty of people who who, right. who are going against um, the mainstream narrative on Ukraine. Or just not willing to. Not they don't even have to go against it. They just like won't condemn it explicitly. but he advocates silence is violence he's, yeah. he's very hawkish about this yeah. shit and you, mean, he, you mean people who are just like oh there's some nazis he, like no he was he, asking like has, has anyone investigated tucker carlson for being a foreign agent and i'm really? like no i get T tucker carlson is an asshole white guy but like dude there's a principle here that you're completely missing yeah because you're saying that he's a foreign agent because of his political views right and that's why your ass was in the in, in the camps <laughs> so shut the fuck up no but my point is like yeah, I, I felt like there were no Asian people that, aside from people I know, like my parents or, you know, my relatives or some of my closer friends, that were able, that were really taking seriously the idea that we need to put out, um, we need to guide, put, you know, because like, I think about like, black people in America, and they do have that. They do have like a history of not even like activism or dissent, but just like life advice. Yeah. You know, history, like meaningful history, yeah. not like bullshit, you know, like, you know, pop history. Right. But like real history. And I think you live a fuller life because of it, because you can take your own life more seriously. Yeah. Whereas if you follow some of the, you know, the Asian American blue check crowd and the elites in America, you can't take yourself seriously. You turn yourself into a fucking cartoon, which I think is one of the reasons why people have been. Ah, um, uh, I actually, I know, I, I'm in a, a, a DM chat with the guy Jonathan Chang, yeah, yeah. Uh, who does those uh, illustrations like every time, and I understand what he's doing, and I sit, yeah. and I like what he's doing, but I understand the um, the blow the backlash against some yeah, by some people right. because it is cartoon. It it is a cartoon. Yeah. And it turns Asian people into these little cartoons. And that's why I think there is this instinctive 
distaste for it by a lot of people that yeah, I know. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of Asian discourse does that. It turns us into cartoons. And, like um, infant, infantilizing? Infantilizing. Infantilizing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can and see it that. puts it. For, so for me, my experience was like that's it's fine up until a certain point in your life where like oh shit I there's like deeper shit I got to think about now, but I felt myself at least if I was to go online uh-huh. and seek guidance for it, I was like man I'm at the end of the rope because I'm like I've aged out of this shit. I'm not interested in these little fights about WMAF and stuff right. online. I pat I. I don't really, and I never really cared about it in the first place, but I'm like, I get what they're saying, but I'm like, dude, how are you going to move on to the next stage in life if this is all you got? Right. You know, so. Speaking um, of the cartoon, I, I think that's, we, you know, we were talking about these Asian Americans trying to create like an Asian American culture, and, and yeah, they're basically writing like the, the grand comic book of Asian Americans. Like, ooh, the death of so and so is the um like the like turning point in like act two when the asian american protagonist which is like the community uh realizes that they're up against something and it's it's just it it does feel like all part of this project that really does uh trivialize actual asian americans into creating a story for us to understand it's like the uh, cinematic universe for asian americans yeah Yeah. look i I guess i think of it this way as a sorry go ahead I, I Uh, i mean i was just gonna the impression that i get is like they want to. They want this like grand legacy, or like you know, some some story that that will be revered, you know, throughout the generations. Um, but they're putting the cart before the horse. Like like really, what they should be doing is going out and creating actual change, and then that becomes a story. But instead, like they're they're like trying to will. They're trying to like it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy that that they're trying to create. In I, I the think process. the problem is a lot of like so-called activists and academics are at heart, you know. Like, there's a reason why someone like Jeff Yang is so obsessed with like his son's like TV career. They they just want to be like TV stars or <laughs> movie yeah. people. They're they're not like like genuine activist types, right? So you say it's very vapid, like the kind of shit they're. Well, that, I'm not gonna say vapid because I I think there's a lot of merit to you know creating like a cultural work or something, but you're kind of in the wrong line of work and you're passing yourself off as the wrong thing. Like you really should just want to be like a, a screenwriter or something. Not only, not, not only not that, but like they're now at the end of that, right? Like they got their fucking Avenger. They won the Oscar, yeah. right? Well, you could argue that's Asian, Asian, not Asian American, right? They, they got to the point where there's a ton of fucking representation for all these different, you know, Asian subgroups. So what's next? Like, I just want to say about representation. Um, there's like Asian Americans who claim to not care about representation. I call bullshit on a lot of them because when it's their like specific subgroup getting represented, they go gaga goo goo. We just saw that with Turning Red. A lot of these uh, yeah. types, especially when something like Shang Chi came out, uh, were like we didn't even say the movie's name. They'd be like, "Oh, that <laughs> martial arts Marvel movie has dropped. I'm gonna watch this other thing instead." Then Turning Red comes out, and they're like, "I feel so seen. This is my childhood." So you know, fucking bullshit. Um, it, it's all narcissism in the end. So I just want to say. I that. mean, the thing with I mean, I'm not against media representation, but my for me, it's like I'm at a stage in life nearing my mid 40s. Where I'm like, this stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it matters when you're young, sure. Like I am totally open to the idea that Asian kids will be better off seeing Asian people on screen. Okay, fine. Sure. But that's only relevant up to a point. 
I, I, the stuff that you're dealing with later in life, the serious shit that you're right. dealing with later in life, Shang-Chi has no relevance to that. Right. And I think it, the frustration for me is uh, like, if, I was, if, I, if my f- parents never left Taiwan and I grew up a, a Chinese-speaking person, I could access all of Chinese literature and history to guide me. Uh, if I'm a black American, I have black forefathers and foremothers or you know, four people who have <laughs> laid down very, uh, they've laid down some wisdom for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that will guide me through the rest of my life to, to an extent. Yeah. Um, if I'm a white person or whatever, it's all there. But for an Asian person, you're only one generation out from immigrating from Asia and you've completely now really don't have access to your home culture. What do you have? So you have this host culture stuff and some of it's really relevant. And I think it's important for us to identify that stuff and apply it or, or look at it. But a lot of that shit is racist against Asians or doesn't, yeah. or, or doesn't take into account the specific, uh, uh, contingencies of Asian life in America. Mm-hmm. So there are huge parts of my life that are just, I am, uh, uh, I'm basically flying blind. I'm basically flying blind. So the only remedy, as far as I can tell, is to just keep talking with people and see how they're doing it. Talk with my parents, talk with my friends, talk with you all, talk with my girl, you know, like everyone that is going th- through life in America at roughly the same stage, just compare notes. Yeah. I think that's very important yeah, because yeah. we I, don't I, have a canon. We don't have like. Yeah. And I think that goes to the thing you said before about, you know, Asian Americans who are genuinely interested in what other Asian Americans have to say versus those who are not. Yeah. And those often in like the, the elite class, if they act like they are speaking for Asian Americans, but the people they're talking to are not other Asian Americans or they're a very specific type of Asian American. Ultimately, what they are talking to are are like elite white people or maybe if they're like in a more progressive group, basically elite uh, PLC. They're not actually talking to Asian Americans, but they pass themselves off as the definitive voice and culture creators of this project that they're on. So I I, I think that fits into what you said before. Yeah. Is this just like a time timing thing like you know asians came in around 65 or something like that in america only been around for like a generation and a half or something like that do you just need a couple more generations right because with your analogy around black americans they've been around since the 1800s of slavery oh, wow. and that like well, that, that yeah, condition is very different right because i think that's the thing with this if, the, if like a status quo establishment has their way within like a generation or two we will all basically be hapas that is that does seem like it's their own goal. Oh, like, they're fully assimilated. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, you did the recent episode on Turning Right, which was very good, by the way. But um, uh, I didn't see it, but I did see Bao. Bao is mm-hmm. something I really enjoyed. But what's the message at the end of Bao? It's like, ultimately, the the inex- like unchangeable path for the Asian American is assimilation. And and, and literally portrayed by Bao, uh, intermarriage with like a white person. Yeah. And that's just something we got to accept. And and uh, in the end, maybe that white person will make better bows than even the Asian. And everyone's happy. I think that is the but, fundamental... Oh, go ahead. But, but here's... This is why I don't give a shit about this stuff. Because as good as bow could be or turning red could be or is not... 
it doesn't matter to me because those are all children's stories. <laughs> right, right. And but I'm saying they reflect the mindset of, of it like, does. It does. But class. I'm saying like I know. But I guess what I'm saying is. I am not interested in being a leader in this sense of like, hey, how do we guide young kids, young Asian kids? So I don't like I'm at a point where I'm like, who is going to guide me? Right. What, after I'm not a 13 year old anymore. Yeah. Where do I then turn to? Because I, I get no I, I don't see it. The only thing I can do when I watch something like Bow or whatever is like, OK, are, are there fucked up things in here that they're trying to teach Asian kids or is this more or less OK? Right, but it's not. It has nothing to do with teaching, bar. teaching me anything. It's right, irrelevant to me. Right, yeah. this is for kids. You just, you yeah. just don't want the next gen to get fucked up by yes. the same shit that you've seen before. Right, but you know, like you don't stop learning at forty. Like right. life doesn't stop throwing uh, complication. In fact, it gets more complicated when you're in your forties than when you're in your teens. Yeah. and the decisions that you have to make uh, are even more. Uh, uh, complicated and ambiguous and uh, clearly not just right and wrong. And so, but there is literally no path forward. After but, but this is what I mean. Like, is it is there no path forward because we haven't been around for long enough? Or is there no path forward because the our, our self-purported you know, leaders Both. are not good leaders? Both. Both. You need time, sure. Sure. But you also need to use that time. <laughs> No, I, know, I, it, I think it's more the nature of our like entry into this country. Yes. Because we we were basically brought in to support the the American dream, and there's a reason why it wasn't like they just suddenly felt kind and decided to listen. A lot of the immigration were basically like anti-communist initiatives. So w the reason we're here is to be buttresses to be to the, the glory of America. And I think they also picked, um, I think there is an, the Asian people who came to America, like we came here, this is, this is part of the cultural, this is a cultural essentialist thing that I do believe in, uh, that if you go to Asia, it is more conformist in a way. It is more conformist than most of the world. It's a very organized, most very old continuous society mm -hmm. that knows itself very well it is not struggling with what it believes in yeah right there isn't a lot of uh ambiguity as to what people in china for example believe in and they are very in in lockstep with i mean in relative terms they're very much in lockstep with the rest of their society and so they are, we are coming from a – we would call it in America conformist. But once you get here, what would be a, probably a, a virtue in Asia, you're now cucked in America. What are you conforming to? Because it's not – the society that you're conforming to is, does not reciprocate not at all. the same kinds of things that in Asia there is a sense of like a social harmony that's been yeah. – uh, in practice for thousands of years, and then you come here, and the society didn't give a fuck about you. It doesn't give. Fu it's not because it doesn't even give a fuck about your Asian, which is true. But it didn't give a fuck about anybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think the a Asian people come here, and they get. I think for a little bit, in the maybe like the seventies or eighties, we were stronger in our belief that oh, American society is just qualitatively different, but. 
you need to harmonize yourself with this society ultimately. Yeah. Versus now, where I think it's pretty clear that's probably not what you want to do. And 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 our instinct, Asian people's instinct to be in harmony with a society. Uh, I think for me, I'm like I kind of have to realize that I'm never gonna have that in America. Huh. I cannot get along. Yeah. To go and, and I and I look around and I'm like most of America probably agrees that that's the case. I don't think you're supposed to get along in this country. Like yeah. one of the things that, um, like I've been meeting a lot of uh, Korean immigrants right in this in this language thing that I've been going to, and so like you know we'll talk about our various experiences and they'll ask me like well, what was it like growing up here, and I remember one of the things uh, I was telling my friend I was like, um, I learned very early on that like. Like America is about fighting. You just have to fight for every little fucking thing here. Like you got to fight for your respect. You got to fight for the the opportunity, the resources, and like, and people respect you more if you're willing to fight. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not willing to fight, you will just get dog piled on. But if you are willing to stand up for yourself and be like, no, fuck you, that's that's what I want. I'm gonna get it. Then you actually start to get doors open for you. Paradoxically. You're saying in contrast to life in Korea from your, your perception of... Uh, no, I think they fight there too, but um, I'm just talking like like it contrasts with, I think, what uh, at least my parents taught me, which is like, oh, you know, just keep your head down. Don't yeah, rock the boat. Yeah. Just like do your work. People recognize it and then you'll get opportunities. And no, that's not the case at all. Like even like, you know, take a more recent example with like um, getting competing uh, offers. Right. Like you're making the companies fight. Yeah, yeah. If you if you just show up and be like, hey, I really love your company. You know, I interviewed well, this yeah. and that. And they're going to give you a low ball ass offer. Yeah. You got to you got to go out there and like get an offer from one company to another company and then make them fight each other. And then like, you know, play hardball and this and that. Like like. But, but I think what Phil's point is what your parents taught you is that uh, a product of like say Korean American culture, or Korean culture. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's kind of hard for me to say, but <clears throat> all right, because like, well, n- none of us have lived or been educated or worked in Asia long yeah. enough to to say that, right? But I think that's one of the, you know, we we talk about the creation of an Asian American culture. I, I think one of the things I, I realize is I I really hate Asian American culture. Yes, that's why <laughs> what, I won't say it anymore. I don't want to call myself Asian American anymore. I don't want to be and associated. Uh, like this. whatever anger we might have at say like I don't know. Um, like WMAF or, or anything else. Like that. I, th- I think what I've realized is that what I, what I really actually hate is Asian American culture. It's not any specific, um, like, you know, whatever, those kinds of pairings or whatever. It's just like, uh, this culture that's been imposed on us is really, really uh, just debased, undignified. It's, it's a infantile. loser culture. It's a it's, loser culture. It's infantile. Uh, emotionally and just like socially and creatively philosophically retarded and yes. you compare it to say asia and and that's what yeah. that's when you start feeling like wow this is actually not inherent to us this something's been lost in the trans-pacific voyage we lost something along the way and i think a lot of us uh, grew up self-hating because we think this is somehow inherent but it's like no this is actually specifically asian american and we're trying to you know fight back against that. as you know you're i totally agree with that i think as the thing that i've noticed is it's kind of the best of times and worst of times for asian american culture in the sense that there has never been more asian american representation more uh-huh. of the things yeah. that we uh i saw asian guys demanding 
happen. It could never happen. Has happened, <laughs> right? Asian men on screen dating white women happens, right? Uh, Asian couples on screen happens. Uh, all this stuff, and um, it gets worse for me as I see this because I realize it's not specifically Asian American culture that I dislike, which I do <laughs> vehemently. <laughs> But it, Asian American is just our slice of the American pie, mm-hmm. and uh, and I and I noticed uh, that, that that the same sort of revulsion happens in other groups when they see uh, Black American culture uh, uh, bec- starting to become what it has been, and it just gets more and more infantile. It speaks towards the um, it's very geared towards children. It's very geared towards just really trifling uh, issues that um, just it just doesn't access uh, the more the deeper and more interesting parts of life. It also gets very sneering at its own supposed community. It, it all of that shit, and and none of it. There's just no wisdom in it. There's not. There's no. It's not useful. It's harder to see this when you're young. When you get older. And you start dealing with real, you know, other real shit uh, in life. This culture is totally meaningless. It's totally unhelpful. And so uh, I think that's a general problem in America. I don't think that this is necessarily... I think it's kind of acute for Asians because we don't have a history here. And we never developed an alternative uh, literature or you know, intellectual culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a general thing in America that, you know, people are just encouraged by mass media to be fucking infantile. And look, after a certain point in life in America, you're, you know, old people in America, after a certain point, you're just irrelevant because you're no longer in that prime 18 to 35 demographic that spends the most money on stupid shit. <laughs> and they don't care about you anymore. So they're not going to give you anything. They're not going, you know, there's no, there's no space for, uh, you know, more in development of the mind past 35. Do you think this is why we on Plan A are interested in talking about stuff like Tang Ping and anti-work and like, so. like adult life stuff, you know what I mean? Like yeah. as opposed to like, I mean, obviously we talk a lot about meter rep and whether we like it or not and all, that, all the problems with it, but yeah. the, the adult shit. Yeah, the adult shit. And I, I think, I personally think that even the people in those age groups, like 18 to 35, most people are seeking out uh, better shit. You know, I, I, I just don't I just don't think it's dignified to sit around and watch Pixar movies and be like, <laughs> OK, that's me. That speaks to me. It's a Pixar movie like. Yeah. And you get over it. So maybe point. if you're 12, like... maybe if you're 12, this is, you know, important. But after that point, I mean. Even in high school, people are dealing with much more uh, nuanced shit than that. Yeah, but those aren't the only movies that came out, right? Like, well, like maybe uh, Farewell or Minari. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, no, just good shit. Had, had I, I, I address you know, more yeah. serious life issues. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's not. I'm not saying it's not there at all, but you got to really. Uh, I wouldn't say it's super helpful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Minari is a tropey, feel-good, uh, 
you know, A24 type of thing yeah, where, yeah. you know, I thought it was... Celebrate Americana. I yeah. thought it was overrated. But yeah, no, I mean, it has at least a, uh, an attempt to go a little bit deeper. Yeah. Uh, and there, there are parts of it that are very good, but it's still very tropey to me. Huh. Um, you know, again, because I think it's like, it's just very focused on the Asian American experience, you know, of like being a foreigner in a white yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know... But that's not. It's, a, it's his own genre now, right? They have that yeah, Asian an, American it's, it's, film bingo, it's like it's, it's yeah, Bates, or it's Oscar bait occasionally. I mean, we're we're talking about the on the Turning Red um, podcast about how like there's these like you know plot beats, like character, like typical characters, all these things that come up in these movies. It's been done many times, and there's good momentum now. They're gonna keep making these movies. There's, there's a pipeline of them coming out, right? I feel like that's solved. And so all these leaders who talk about that shit all the time, they don't have answers to stuff that comes after the movies, right? And the movies are solved. So what, what use are they to Asian Americans anymore? The Jeff Yangs, the like Dr. Right. Jennifer, Jennifer Hoes and all those They just want to make right? more. They want to turn it into a business proposition. Into, they can just make this same shit over and over. They just want tenure track for Asian Americans. Yeah, they just want to make the same goddamn movie and over and over and get paid every time for it. You know? right. And it's, it's meaningless. I guess I'm not so interested in seeing better movies or better books, but the uh, shift in consciousness where we take, uh, we should try to create some sort of like intellectual culture. You're saying that like the movies and all the media products that come out are a reflection of the state of Asian American thought. I think it's a reflection of a business model that now understands that they got to market diverse movies to a diverse demographic of children okay yeah okay that's fine i have yeah. no problem with that i'm just saying that there's got to be more than that right 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 i don't really care about that yeah i'm not against it but i'm not particularly interested yeah in it. i agree with you that they're that we need to go deeper deeper is deeper quite right i don't know if deeper is right but like yeah there are more pressing matters ahead. Look, look man jewish people have a very deep long tradition of intellectual culture in america White people, obviously, since mm -hmm. they wrote the fucking Constitution. Black people have it. Yeah. Uh, Latinos have it. I mean, a lot of like Latin Mexicans have lived in America longer than white people uh -huh. have been here for. You know, Asian people are pretty new, and we got to have that too. But it's just very hard. It's if you align yourself too much with Asian American culture. It's very hard to take yourself seriously as an adult. Do you, you think mean, you mean a culture as is? As is. Do you think like maybe I'm thinking part of it is okay like if if more Asian Americans were fluent in their native language, then they could access that you know their their culture. Yeah, but that's history. not going to be an answer because yeah, those yeah, things no, don't yeah, address but, life in America. Yeah, right, yeah, no, right. I, I, think, that, I think this is mm -hmm. uh, very important. Asian America is not Asia. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like the fact that a lot of like the, the recent like, cultural imports have come from Asia. What bothers me is why the hell can't we do that? Well, what I'm saying. Uh, okay. So, uh, but yeah, it'd be nice. It might, it might be like an inspiration, but I, I, we're not trying to, again, import Asian thought and culture directly. Yeah. Uh, we got to do something on our own because otherwise, basically we are going to be just, just like a lost generation of people who fell through the cracks when there was like this immigration and then maybe in like five generations everyone will be like hot par or whatever and right. there was like this sad group of people uh <laughs> from like say 1965 to like 2030 or whatever yeah and they were all like self-hating losers who, who just you know wanted to be accepted they were basically children 
uh, throughout their lives, and they've been kind of scattered to history. Yeah, like, that, I, that's the fate we have to. Avoid. I'm not saying that that's the solution. I'm saying that like that might be the first kind of tendency or like right like first response to oh, this yeah, question. Sure. That's why we got we yeah. gotta be like vigilant then, against it because that is the natural instinct. But then respond. that's not. But that's not even available. Okay, so whether or not it's applicable or not, sure. What's not available? Like, yeah. like accessing your your heritage. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, your history. Well, I was talking more about assimilation, but okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, but that's but that's not available because many Asian Americans can't speak their native language to that extent. Mm-hmm. And then the other approach is like, okay, well then let's look at, look at American history and American culture. But then, as you said, like a lot of that is not applicable to our specific situation. But I think somebody has to go through that attempt. To reach that conclusion, okay, well then there, it, this is new ground, and we have to develop something for ourselves, right? Otherwise, you get, it's easy to get stuck into one of those two traps. Yeah. But the but what I'm saying is that um, the model is not to have a literary elite where we rely on some group of people to lay down better movies, better books, um, you know, for us to consume and to learn from. I think the the real change is to is for Asian people to uh, get uh, just start talking. Yeah, I think like there has to be real, honest, uh, brutally honest discourse with stakes. It can't just be bullshitting with your friends. Like there's got to be like a real attempt to try and figure shit out. Uh, and I think we've done, I, th- I think we, like, when, when Chris gets excited about the pods, get, you know, like, if it gets, like, really good downloads or whatever, what do you say? You're like, who else is doing this? And I don't think anyone, I mean, some have tried, but I, I honestly do think that we have something kind of novel and interesting. And people, I would hope more people just kind of do what we've been doing. Yeah. I think you, you raise a really good point, though, about, um, like, needing... S- you know, some kind of model or, or path, you know, like some answers, right? Because like one of the common themes, I think, um, that I've seen come up, uh, especially amongst the guys, is that they very much did not, they feel that they had zero guidance or very little guidance on what it means to be a man, an Asian man here in America from their parents or mm-hmm. from their dad specifically. So there's like a common theme of them having to figure it out on their own and when everyone's just trying to figure it out on their own, it's like a code base with no documentation. Like everybody is reinventing the wheel every single time. Yeah, and then you fight each other because you're like, why are you going that direction? We should be going that, you know, like, yeah. there's a lot of, um, because we're not collaborate, like we're not communicating at a peer-to-peer level, we start to, um, we start failing to understand each other. Yeah. And, I mean, then, and then you have nothing to share. And then it's like a continual process too. Like, I mean, some of it may be because our, our, you know, Asian America is largely populated through immigration. Right. And so there's always going to be a newcomer who has to go through that process of maybe getting disenchanted with the American dream and like Mm -hmm. realizing that it's, it's a fraud. And, um, and then going through, it's like the seven stages of grief and you can't really like, like push somebody through it. They have to, go through it themselves and then they're ready to start thinking about things and talking about things. Um, and that might be part of why it's so slow. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like talking and evolution, something that I've definitely felt change within me from, you know, when we start to now is 
like in the beginning um you know even though i was like potting and writing he's like i always got the sense that this like very like particular asian american like second generation straight asian american male point of view something like a little bit disgusting that i had to, uh, that's why i even use a pseudonym like I, I don't know if i really want to associate myself with this openly even though i'll put my face out there and stuff i, I, I want to put a little what bit kind of stuff like the interracial stuff or that stuff yeah. and just you know just complaining about say like you because know, i think that the two of the most common things is is the wmaf thing and media rap and like emasculation emasculation like this just this just doesn't seem like Something what a grown that man should care. not dignified I, to talk about. It seems a little undignified. I want to talk about it, but I don't want to like 100% associate myself. I'll do it like you don't want it to be your identity. 70%. I'll associate <laughs> my 70%. Whereas now, I will talk about this with pretty much anyone. And and the surprising response you learn over time is everyone kind of gets it. Yeah. No matter what the, you know blue check Asians say, no matter how much they try to like portray this as something that's uh, gross, it's like everyone gets it and. I think that's probably one of the things I was missing when John, you were talking about this, a like guidance thing. I guarantee you, our like dads uh, felt the same way, but you know, they probably yeah. didn't want to talk about it because it was they thought it was embarrassing. And they were probably told it right. was embarrassing, and it's just like I'm hoping that we're the, if we are becoming like the elder statesmen of this little. Like, <laughs> well, we we need that because the yeah. more people avoid that in that sense of like, oh, I don't know, I understand what these guys are saying because that's that was my experience. I was like, go go online. And I'm like, I get what these guys are saying, but man, this is kind of cringe, right? Mm-hmm. And um, but my overriding feeling was like, this can be explained better. They, these guys can understand this with a little bit more. People with more life experience need to contextualize this for them to say what you're saying and thinking and feeling makes sense, uh, but you're not. You're you're like, look, you're like a, you're like an overly horny teenager type person, you know, like yeah. you're not, there's people, a better way to go about it. Like, yeah. Like you're just too hormonal right now. And they're, you know, you got yeah, to get a fucking adult in the room to, to <laughs> you know, to guide, uh, but too, too many adults wouldn't do it. Why? Because they themselves had not fucking figured it out for themselves yeah. either. And that's why it felt cringe. Cause they themselves have no fucking answers because why? Because a lot of Asian dudes, despite being my age are still stuck struggling with this stuff and that's why it's cringe because they're like actually uh i feel exactly like you guys right you know i haven't got any answers for you i haven't got you know uh and that was the situation i saw online and i found that intolerable because i'm like there have to be mature guys here there has to be asian dudes in america that have self-actualized to a greater degree than what I'm seeing online. But but, you're, but you were just saying they literally don't exist yet because we haven't had enough time to like I'm sure they exi- develop I think they the do canon. Exist. I think they exist, but I think a lot of them don't say anything. Yeah, because they're embarrassed. Okay. They're they embarrassed been, so they don't give a shit. Or embarrassed so they, yeah, they don't give a shit because they're married, they're fine. Like they, you know. Yeah, and they've been told uh, that their point of view has no value. So you're like better yeah. off just shutting up, yeah. pretending that everything's worked out for you. Uh, and if anybody asks you, maybe you just, you just feign ignorance and be like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm above that, you know? Like, right. Nobody's above that. <laughs> the, the, the future that I don't accept is like your way out of this um, sort of uh, um, cap on maturity, which is not like a unique to Asian thing. Like if you have you ever seen that John Singleton, is his name John Singleton? Uh, oh, movie oh. Baby Boy. That's a good movie to watch. Yeah, that, a, that's the... Um... Tyrese is it Boys in the Hood? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But he did this one called Baby Boy okay. with Tyrese. And it was about how, like, black men in America are, like, there's just, like, this, this cap 
this hard limit to how mature they're allowed to become. And so you have all these like grown baby boys mm-hmm. and they don't become real adults was the point of this movie. And, I, and when I watched that as a younger guy, I was like, oh, that's a pretty serious problem. And I was like, shit, that's happening to Asian people. That's another thing that's repulsive about Jeff Fang. He he does look like a grown baby. He's like a grown baby. And he's like obsessed with his own kid because he's trying to live vicariously for yeah. his son. Th- there's this picture of him. Gross. He's like piggybacking his own son who's like uh, yeah. And it's like Jeff Fang looks like a 50-year-old baby. It's yeah. so repulsive. <laughs> it is gross. And uh and they and you know, this love of cartoons and um you know, in that nineties Asian American culture, which at the time I was younger, so I was like more okay with like giant robot and all that stuff sure fine but like look man there's more to life than you know voltron toys and manga and uh you know k-pop and entertainments and stuff that's exciting for young kids or food even like you know our obsession with food yeah our obsession with food and entertainment is um becoming it's like asian american culture therefore after a certain point acts as a limiter it's not expanding your world. Mm-hmm. It's limiting you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are a food blogger. <laughs> yeah. That's what you are. This is your jurisdiction, right? Yeah. This you, is what you're allowed you're, to the, talk this about. This is the good life. The good life you is... Spend time on this stuff. Blogging food, going on the tr- going on vacations take, for the gram. Right. You know, um, you know, posting baby pictures or whatever. That's it. And um, no more. I always, I always wondered, side note, Back, like years ago why the vast majority of like people who write reviews in Yelp are like Asian women like 90% of them are like Asian you know like <laughs> yeah. it's just, a very, it's just well, what are the guys odd. doing though I don't know they're paying they're, the bill <laughs> <laughs> they're holding the camera <laughs> yeah. the camera yes yeah. yeah yeah. I mean they're part of it too they're, they're the Instagram boyfriend or whatever yeah. but, but anyway. where, where, where do you see like older Asian adults loudly speaking up in ways that are not dissenting for the sake of dissenting. Not this. Not to be like you know, um, like you know, uh, not not to be loud for loudness' sake. Not to be uh, you know an activist for because I don't consider myself or really anyone yeah. else to be activist. To be honest, I don't know what you guys think, but I've never thought that. No, definitely not. Yeah, I'm not an activist. I don't really care about political political activism that much. But where are the Asian adults who are speaking loudly? about serious shit and in ways that are not just parroting CNN or, you know, whatever, where are they? Uh, I don't hear them other than people I know, like my parents or something. I, I, you know what I mean? You don't, we don't have those figures. Um, and I think that's a big lack and that becomes more apparent as you get older. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, you gotta keep. Of, you gotta keep growing. Mm-hmm. So part of it is just like, oh, okay. What you make sure? <laughs> My precious carpet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thomas John from Girls. I think it's a. I think it is kind of like an unfortunate accident of history where a certain generation of Asian Americans, even if they were born in this country, just weren't raised in a time where they felt able to really speak out. It could be that maybe kind of like the mid to young Gen X is about the youngest or the oldest you can be to develop a kind of actual independent Asian American cultural thought. 
so we may be it. I mean, I, I, I'm like, I, I don't count myself in that group, but just just below that group age-wise. You know, we, as I said, we could be kind of like the elder statesmen. That's the only eligible people. You, there's, I think the way it works is if you want to keep growing and developing as an adult after a certain point, right now, as it stands, you've got to kind of ditch the concept of being Asian American, which is how I feel now because I don't want to be considered Asian American because there's nothing there for me. So I think that's what I think WMAF has stood for for a lot of Asian women is like I need to dissociate yeah. myself from this very limited culture of Asian American, yeah. whatever. And for me to develop fully as a as a adult woman in America, I got to go another way. I got to get like with white people or something. Yeah, their ceilings much higher. As an Asian man, you know what I've seen now. I think a lot of Asian dudes are like, I need to go back to. I need to reconnect. And become yeah. a full Asian again. I want to go back to China. I want to marry a Chinese woman and live mm-hmm. in China. Mm-hmm. That's to me the equip the closest equivalent, in my opinion, to WMAF among Asian men is actually the Asian dudes who want to go back to China. I can see that. Right. It's a way out of being an Asian American. Right. Right. Okay. But but the difference is like the the WMAF Asian women then gets to define Asian America, whereas the Asian guys kind of just like opting out. Sure, of but America. I think a lot of them don't give a shit. I, I, if you look at literature, sure, writers, but I'm saying WMF at large in America, yeah, that, a lot I, of them I are can, just like, look, I don't give a shit. No, you know what? That I, I can respect. Yeah, you know? I can it's respect like, that. And I can respect Chinese guys going back to China too. But you've it's just kind of made your life decision, and and you, like I, 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 in fact, kind of applaud you. Go, yeah. go, go, wreck white people shit. Like go, go, yeah. cause, <laughs> go, cause chaos in the Augusta <laughs> country club or whatever. Yeah. My real problem is when they when they come back and try to define Asian American culture and yeah. be like, oh yeah, you, uh, it's actually, um, you know, like like white dudes are actually in the center of Asian American culture, but don't you dare threaten the the position of like the cishet straight second generation Asian American woman. Like the fuck mm-hmm. that shit. But if if you go in there and and be our agent of chaos, I applaud you. <laughs> so 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 the question is, how do you then uh, mature? Um, as an Asian person in America, without either just totally letting go, forgetting, uh, just kind of like just completely integrating yourself into like white society or whatever, um, or abandoning America and going back to Asia. How do you continue? I think it's very difficult. That's why you yeah. see a lot of uh, interracial relationships and people leaving America. Now. Right. That's, on the, that's why. Uh, like on a, on like the note of, of brain drain. Asian guys leaving America, I I wonder if it's not just limited to Asian guys, but also maybe to younger Gen Z Americans. So I, I'm always the guy who brings up TikTok. But this <laughs> this uh, afternoon, I was watching um, some random stuff on my TikTok feed, and this one TikTok stood up to me. It was an Asian American, I think, girl, probably a teenager or like early 20s. And she had this thing where she was like, the way I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but the way your parents like how how must your parents feel to bring you to America and you just want to go back to Asia? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. Like this person who's like maybe 21, like it's an Asian American woman is saying, I actually like I think Korea is super cool. I want to go back there or like I want to go like travel through Vietnam. or Like I, I have that, you know, feeling now of wanting to connect with my roots. Right. As a younger person. I don't know if this is the same TikTok, but I've seen one where it was like a young Asian American girl and she was saying something like, you know, like, what will your Asian parents think if they brought you to America, but you want to go back to Asia and marry like an Asian boy or something? Was that the same one? Did it have anything like that? No, I didn't mention marrying okay, boys. Okay, but this, this, totally, said, this is totally go, separate. Like thing. being brought here and then wanting to immediately go back. Yeah. 
right? And and I wonder if that's a, a reaction to not having leadership here, not having a yes. fulfilling culture here, not having think, or 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 that plus like the the rising coolness of back there of the east or whatever. I mean that Both. helps. I think yeah. it's it's because going back to Asia now, like I said, is I think has become a viable way out of being Asian American. Alternative for Asian Americans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's 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 a good enough deal. It's just starting to become a good enough deal yeah. that I would totally abandon the notion of being an Asian American in terms of repatriating as a full Asian. Right. You know what I mean? Especially if you speak and the I language. I totally or... get it. I totally understand why people want to yeah. do that, and I'm not against it. I, that's what I mean by. But it's, it's not it's, viable for everyone to do. Yeah, that. I don't. I don't think yeah. it's a one-off TikTok. I think it's a yeah. sentiment, mm-hmm. right, that led to this thing getting thousands of likes. Yeah. Right, and, and a lot of engagement because people are like, I understand that sentiment. But the, but then you have to question: is like, what is the future of Asian people in America? Yeah. Is it to either leave or marry a white person and sort of like, kind of like one one foot your way into full cultural racial social assimilation into Canada or America or whatever I, I always thought it was a, a, a positive thing and that Asian Americans Asian Canadians here over time would actually become more cosmopolitan than their white counterparts right. like their white peers right mm-hmm. oh I speak I'm I'm duolingo or I'm multilingual, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I I connect regularly with my my family back in China or Vietnam or whatever, right? Like the kind of thing that a white person can never say, right? Right, and it makes you an, not a superior American, but a you know just a better verse, better more experienced, um, unique American. Okay, that's cool in terms of status, but is that does that mean that you're more fully actualized as a human being? I don't think so. Not necessarily. I think you could be. Why not? If if you actually well, have, you could still be an arrogant asshole, or you still could. You could be, be an arrogant asshole, but at least you have a healthy relationship with like one big part of your life. Yeah, but I, you might be super depressed, or you might be super. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It's I, not a panacea. I, I guess for me, I don't give a shit about whether people think I'm cosmopolitan or not relative to okay. other people. I don't. I mean, I just don't. It, it's not my problem anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that's my point. Is like, as life goes on, the set of problems that you're dealing with actually become more serious. Right? Financial, yeah, and, and I, I understand. Problems. I understand. And traveling back home to Tianjin every year isn't going to solve it. I get the it. The health of it. your parents, uh, yeah. your health, uh, your financial but health. But those are universal things. Those are not Asian oh, No, They're totally yeah. universal. Yeah. Your kids, you know. Yeah. Uh, those are... Universal problems that Asian people in America have no specific guidance on, in mm-hmm. my opinion. You bring some, so you bring some, uh, you bring some stuff over in the suitcase from Asia. You look at it, and some of it's useful, but a lot of it's not. You look at the stuff that's here that's available for you. A lot of it's useful, but a lot of it's not. Um, there is again, like I said, a, a huge, not all encompassing, but a huge blind spot for how to deal with those like bigger problems that arise because like i said the stakes get bigger not lower yeah the older you get why why can't asian people learn that from like others we can't we should but we've got to okay. learn how to adapt it and incorporate it into the specific issue you know the, the specific um raise like raising an asian kid raising asian my, kids my yeah, wisdom yeah. with asian characteristics hmm? life <laughs> wisdom with asian characteristics <laughs> well <laughs> yeah i'm just saying like how like where do you get any meaningful advice on how to raise asian kids in america yeah yeah this is like why i don't like i I think a lot of kind of like asian american like cultural leaders or whatever 
They have a tendency to go throughout the majority of their life hating their parents. And at a certain point, especially when their parents kind of become like enfeebled and something, they'll, they'll turn their parents into these like cute little mascots. Oh God, I fucking hate that. And I don't like that because yeah. it's like you are basically saying, yeah, the, the people who should be the like the elder states, men and women who should be dispensing advice, you're turning them into like dumpling making cartoon characters. Yeah. Right. And it's very humiliating. Like I, I mean, if I were, I, maybe they'll embrace it because like the best they can get. But if I were them, I'd be like, no, you should be <laughs> like listening to me, uh, legitimately, not making um like a you know, turning me into like a gif or whatever. Yeah. Where's the I, like? I really they, don't like. Where's that. the wisdom in these people? Where is the yeah. life experience in these people? You know, like it's been c- totally covered up, um, into like uh yeah into a childish icon. Yeah. Um, cute grandma. Yeah. You know? So like you know like I I think. An actor like James Saito, um, he plays this role really well, and I, I think he's a very charming actor. But he he does play that kind of like cute Asian grandpa. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of movies, and it's just like, where's where's like the dignified grandpa, <laughs> Asian American grandpa? Um, so yeah. Do you think there's a reluctance to, maybe maybe like our parents and and uh, you know, uh, I guess as you say the elder states people of Asian America, I guess. Um, Maybe they have things to say, but like I think an experience that um, it, you know Asian Americans can ex- like relate with is like their parents gave them advice that was outdated or irrelevant, inapplicable in America, and then so they have that that experience and they're like, okay, I can't really trust like the things that my parents have to say don't may not necessarily apply, so I'm just not going to listen at all, and then the and then the parents having seen that are like, okay, well it doesn't matter what I tell them. So why should I bother telling them? And then that's, the relationship gets... I think the problem with that is that's an intermediate step where you're assuming that the role for adults is to guide you through how to get along in society, uh-huh. period. Which it partially is. I think But so. another large part of it is uh, like human nature that is unchanging. And uh, that there is like an integrity to human beings uh, that you, that is, that's universal that you should at some point not get from your parents, but through reconciling who your parents are to you, 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 you then end up uh, achieving that for yourself. Right. So what I'm saying is like our Asian parents, we're not supposed to be vessels for what they say. We're not supposed to be like studying them and then, and then saying, oh, this is what my wise parents said. No, you're you're supposed to inco- you know you're supposed to understand to some degree who they are, yeah, how they came to America and then navigated life here, uh-huh. uh huh, and sympathize with that. And then that's you. That's you. You are now sort of have embodied them to to a degree. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, um. I don't know. This is getting maybe a little bit abstract, but like more than just learning how to get along in America (laughs) and how to, there's also just like just basic notions of self-respect or human needs. What's important. What is the good life? You know, what are your priorities as a human being? It's not always, you know, how do you, um, how do you get a job? How do you go to school? You know, et cetera. I think we're drifting towards abstract because we need some burgers. Yeah, 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 we're getting there. 
<laughs> All right, uh, yeah. let's let's wrap this. I don't know if there's this. an easy way to close it out, but I think, uh, I think we can wrap up this episode. I do want to say, uh, especially since uh, Philip, you said you're going to the UK soon for vacation. That's right. Today, uh, Tottenham beat West Ham. Oh my gosh. three to one, and th- it was a great game. Uh, Swansea scored two goals, and the thing was, I was supposed to be at this game. This was the game that I was. Oh yeah. I oh, go to when I planned UK. this UK vacation like okay. months ago. Um, but I kind of called it off because I started like a new job and, and like Omicron was hitting its peak. So I was like, especially in Scotland because I, I was supposed to go to Edinburgh to see a church's concert, which I just found out to go there, you had to wear a mask. That's yep. horrible. To go to a concert, like an indoor concert with a mask on, that's horrible. But I managed to sell it on stuff up. So I got most of my money back, thankfully. Nice. But yeah, that, I should have been at that game. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, it was so good too. It was, it could have turned like, out differently. Mm-hmm. Could have turned out differently if you were maybe, there. Maybe, maybe I would have cursed him uh, by being there. So, but I'm just right. glad before won, we so. before we like fully close it out though, um, I I think just like okay, if we recognize there's a need for a distinct culture and a distinct like set of guidance or or you know whatnot, like how does that get created, right? Like, well, one for sure, what we can't do is just like stick with whatever is popular mainstream, right? Because yeah, that's already do been it. done. Like, so like, what, what like people got to take risks, you that's, know? That like, is the thesis of this episode. Don't listen to Jeff Yang. Don't, no, okay, actually, so that's step one. Don't listen to Jeff Yang. Step two, though, like you got to do something other than that too, right? Like how, how does this happen? Yeah. I, th- I, think, I think as Asian Americans, you got to learn how to take some, like, some attacks uh, in a sense that when we started, we got called all sorts of names. And in the beginning, I was like very sensitive to it. I'm like, oh, yeah. no, like these people calling me like, I don't know, a racist, misogynist, homophobe, all that. Uh, but you just got to know that that's, first of all, they'll say that about everyone who, who disagrees with them. Yeah. It's like, you just got you to be, you, you just got to have faith in what you're saying uh, is. Conviction. With some conviction. I mean, you know, there are some like you know people full of shit out there. But if you have well thought out ideas and you're genuine in trying to figure things out and you know hearing the other side and advocating for your side, uh, you know to this point I hear that and I'm just like there, there's like a recent paper published in this like Johns Hopkins uh, Journal of like Asian American Affairs where some person said. Uh, basically that I was some kind of like MR Asian thought oh, leader yeah, yeah, yeah. along right. with Frank Chin. And my <laughs> only response to that is like, wow, I got mentioned alongside Frank <laughs> Chin. Thank you so much. You, you just got to develop that attitude. That what kind a, of like thick, thick skin. I, I think a lot of Asian Americans, they're, they're, their skin's too thin. Like at yeah. the slightest bit of disapproval, they'll just wilt. Like, I agree uh, with that. Yeah, whatever. I think uh, that's a good question. I think from my perspective, it's more important that Asian people just like set their priorities so that they put their own mental health as like the the top priority okay because i see that that's not the case in america and i see a lot of people driving themselves crazy Uh uh-huh even though they're on the right path but i feel like with the and so no i mean even even though they're on the right path okay meaning they're doing everything right okay they're still driving themselves fucking crazy yeah but uh uh uh-huh sorry 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 uh no you want to well, just like with the thing, I think the reason that I want to push back on that, I don't, first of all, I don't want to push back on that. I agree with you yeah. that taking care of your mental health is really important. Yeah. But I also find that for some people, taking care of your mental health means just ignoring it or opting yeah, out yeah, entirely. I okay. And I don't think that's a solution either. Like, Wait, I, I, opting out of what? Like opting out of like, like thinking about it, challenging the challenging, like, yeah. 
you know. Okay, let, let me put it this way: in, that the that the solution is not coping, right? Yeah. But the solution is to actually there have to be a lot of there have to be more people making self actualizing psychological self actualization yeah. a goal, okay. a top goal, okay. rather than being able to co- have enough juice, have enough fuel right. to continue coping until right. the very end. You, at some point, like you got to just figure shit out, you, you know, and I see a lot of people going into their 50s yeah. that I know pr- very well, who by all metrics are doing very well in life, but they're psychologically coping and they're fucking miserable. Yeah. Yeah. M- mental health. You guys ever seen Minority Report? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when those people get haloed? They just kind of like exist in a dream state for the rest of their lives, like their fantasy uh-huh. world. Yeah. That's not true mental health yeah. no it's not it's not it's no. not okay uh, and i think the more you see this general or you see asian people uh entering midlife and making that more of a priority than coping uh those people will just by nature do something helpful to, for you know what i mean okay uh, so i don't know what the plan is I don't need. I don't think you need a plan other than I think there needs to be more people who make that shit a priority. Yeah. Versus life tips on how to cope, because that's cheap. It's that's easy. I mean, you know what it takes to cope. Yeah. So I don't think you can plan it. I don't think you can plan the development of culture or a culture. No, you can't. Like, yeah. You just like, have to be have have. You just have the people who decide. Look, the society sets up my priorities, and I've realized that those are not the right priorities. Yeah. Or the, you're right; it's not ordered correctly, uh-huh. um, and that's why you get a lot of hate because your people are putting their priorities don't align with socially accepted priorities. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, it doesn't mean that you're doing something anti. It just means that oh, you're not prioritizing this thing enough. You know, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, they never care about you developing into a full person. That's never the socially imposed priority on people, hmm. because that's that. You know, hmm. why 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 would they care about that? Right. So. Anyway, okay. Right. So take risks. Don't give a fuck about what, like, whether or not you're getting approval. Try to be happy. Try to be happy. Yeah, yeah. be happy. I tr- try to be truly happy. You know, try, <laughs> like don't don't not, don't not like don't, don't say happy. that happiness is out of reach in 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 life. You can't just be like, I'm just gonna suffer till the very end. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then maybe like letting your freak flag fly. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I, I like I like teens' advice of talking to other people because it kind of like with what Chris said. If you do your thing, but you talk to other people, you'll see that you're not the only one in the yeah. same with that opinion. You know, especially if you do something a little bit like different from the status quo. There's other people who probably think similarly. Because uh, I think sure, everyone sure. at bottom knows that that is their priority. Their priority is to be happy. Their priority is to get their shit together. Yeah. Uh, and if you talk, but they're, they're, I think you feel, sometimes you might feel a little bit crazy to be like, wait, why, uh, you know, my life is fine. Why am I still unhappy about this shit? You know, like, you know, maybe just need another vacation or something. <laughs> um, and then you talk to your friend. I talk to my friend. Uh, I mean, I don't mean to say that you guys are my friends, but like my normie friends, right? The ones that I just kind of happen to know because I grew up with them. Yeah. Um, they're thinking the same shit all the time. And when we have conversations about this, I mean, it's everyone's. Uh, dealing with the same shit. Um, people don't just want to cope for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. They actually want to achieve some happiness at some point. So yeah, yeah. as a final thought, I, I hope this doesn't open like a whole because I, I think this probably warrants a whole other discussion. But I always thought 
like I always ask myself a question like would you rather be happy or like fulfilled and I, I always choose fulfillment but it's like why should they be so exclusive and I think it's because we define happy as this kind of like silly distracted life but why should that mm. be the definition of happiness why shouldn't it be more like you know you you have you know what you want to do and you know you may have to give up some like creature comforts or like some easy social approval to get it but why shouldn't that be the definition of happiness but i think that gets into a whole other philosophical discussion we should get dinner <laughs> <laughs> so uh thanks for listening everyone <laughs> and uh catch us next time at escape from plan a so this is chris philip tina johnson bye everyone yes bye, bye.